to The Clutter Queen. Here I talk about all things that make up the disability world and in short, make us different, unique, or beautifully weird. Here we embrace all of what makes us, us. Hi everyone, I have today Maisie Shilders Siders, is that correct? Yes. <laughs> um, she is here from OSU. She's a sophomore studying forest forestry fishery and, fisher wildlife. and wildlife so she's really good in biology and she's super smart we're talking about her today and we're going to talk about ticks and what those are in her experience so let her kind of explain her hobbies and where she's from and yeah go ahead um, yeah, my name's Maisie. Um, I'm from Ohio. Um, I like to crochet. That's my hobby for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually picked that up because it lowered my ticks. Okay. That's cool. Um, crocheting. So I can, I can sew, but I can't crochet. Yeah. Um, I think sewing's like not as hard as crocheting, but I haven't tried crocheting, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. But I do want to pick it up in the future. I just haven't had the time or, like, the chance to. Yeah, it's just tedious. It like, seems very tedious. Yeah, it's, like, the same thing over and over. Lots of little loops mm-hmm. everywhere. Like, yeah. It's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend of mine from my job, and she made a whole sweater out of, like, crocheting. Like, a whole, it was really pretty. It looked like it was store-bought. It was gorgeous. But I'm like, I want to try it, but I haven't had the time to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go ahead and just explain what ticks are in your experience, because I have no idea, and what happened in the conversation. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, so my experience with, like, ticks is that they're um, unintentional, like, not... Uh, I can I always forget like the exact word that I'm trying to use, but like I am not I'm not trying to make movements. I'm not trying to make noises. Um, but I am. They're involuntary. That's what I'm looking <laughs> for. Yeah, involuntary <laughs> movement and vocalizations. Um, and they just like happen. Like there's really not a lot of research into why, but it's kind of like my brain is sending messages and signals to like my like limbs and my mouth but it's like they're not me sending it oh does that make sense that makes a lot of sense i know like i i remember watching this movie about it not about ticks themselves but about this guy who had um ticks and his experience i remember him is very physical mm-hmm. like he would like hit his head or like um kind of like move his body involuntary and he like hated it so much Mm -hmm. like it was about him getting over the fact that he had ticks instead of him fighting it he just would eventually just let them happen Mm -hmm. and have no like shame around it but he would fight them so much and it would make it actually worse Mm -hmm. than what it was yeah similar to my experience with people who have speech disorders like stuttering or cluttering like I do, mm-hmm. where it's like the more you fight it, the worse it gets. Yeah. So it's like this ongoing battle that you have. Like you literally have to surrender yourself to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it builds like pressure. Like um, I do like have moments where it's like I really don't want to tick right now. Like mm-hmm. I just I just be quiet, you know. And if I'm not careful about it, it just explodes like mm. it's just a literal like building of pressure like feeling in the body like and then you just have to let it out mm. like there isn't any way around it you just have to do it you know and right. that's that's with fighting like a I think it's a pronounced premonitory urge um but some ticks I don't have an urge for it I just do them so okay 
that it's so interesting because it just I find some similarities between that and like other types of disorders mm-hmm. that are out there. Like people um, try so hard to cover it up, especially I feel like like for me with my disability of cluttering, like for a long time, I tried my best to like hide it, you know, mm-hmm. until recently. And I think when you like become an adult, quote unquote, like turn 18, go to college, job, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think there's this like stigma or this feeling around the fact that you have to act so adult-like and mm-hmm. that your disability is so childlike, even yeah. though it's not. It's just, like, part of your body and it's part of who you are and mm-hmm. you can't really help that at times. But I think that, like, we have this idea of how adults should act and feel, especially in public. And if mm-hmm. you don't fit that box, then it's like you feel like you're so alone. Yeah, yeah. I know okay. exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. So how do you deal with your tics in the school, in college, and working or whatever? Um. So I straight just like dropped out at onset like I tried to handle it Mm -hmm. um and then I've like I'm starting back this coming spring um and right now I'm in a like um therapy kind of program Mm -hmm. and I'm there five days a week um and that's to help me get prepared for school because at the onset of my tics um, I was already dealing with depression issues and like really bad and then as soon as they happened I didn't know how to function anymore it, like I didn't know how to be in class like doing that it was and but like it just it was impossible like how was I someone who didn't who was normal yesterday am not normal today and I have to show up in class and tell you mm. sorry I'm making noises I don't know what's going on I don't have any documentation to back up what's happening. So um, I think my plan is, is I'm sending an email to that teacher, letting them know what's going on. And then like when I'm in my therapy program right now, um, people just, they just ignore them. Like they just don't care. Mm -hmm. And um, in the past year, I've just had to learn to be around people and accept that they aren't going to care. Like, It just is what it is. I have tics, and they aren't as, like, needing to be addressed as I think they need to be, Mm. you know, by the general public. Um, So I know I'm going to need help, like, with notes. Like, I'm going to have someone where I'm going to be like, if I have a tic attack, like, can I just get with you after class? You know, it's going to be stuff like that. I'm going to need a lot of support and a lot of people are just going to need to know what's already happening yeah i think the idea of disclosure is so big Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to disabilities that are physical and like things you can't control like i think the best way to go about it is just say hey this is what happens this is what it is and then to just like let it be i think that like we have this idea that you know if you say it you're seen as like really vulnerable and I Mm -hmm. I actually I hate being vulnerable so I get what you mean in terms of like sometimes kind of being hesitant about talking about it with people because it's just like you can be very vulnerable at times and I don't like that either Mm -hmm. um but I think the best thing especially when you're trying to teach people about various abilities whatever they are is talking about it and disclosing it especially when you come when you're working because I feel like being in school it's like you have more support, but mm-hmm. like in the workforce, it's I feel like it's not it's non-existent. Yeah, I did um, have like I did have a job. I was a like a delivery driver, mm-hmm. um, and I drove like a company car. And mm-hmm. 
that's actually like kind of a big thing for someone with tics to be doing like a little bit because um a lot of people question my ability to drive um and then my ability to work at my job um i was able to if i felt my tics coming um i had a room and i just go back there and i just stay there until they're done and then if things were too explosive for the room i could just go to my car mm. So they were really understanding, and I really wasn't expecting that in the workplace. That's great. That's so great. I wish more jobs had that. I think I'm a teacher. Like, I teach, like, little kids art stuff, and um, a lot of my kids don't have disabilities. I have one who I think is autistic, mm-hmm. um, but we just let him be. Um, but we don't have any kids who need, like, a special place to go when they're having, like, whatever's going on, like a breakdown or a meltdown or whatever it is. But I feel like more schools need, especially, like, younger, like, elementary schools need a space mm-hmm. where kids can go and like, they can just, you know, feel and feel safe, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was I didn't deal with, like, a lot of big feelings as, like, a kid. Mm-hmm. It just kind of hit me later, you know? But I feel like those would definitely be, like, so helpful because, like, as an adult, like... I need a moment, and I, like, have the 20 years of learned self-control behind mm-hmm. it. So, like, what do you expect of a five-year-old? Right, right. And I think for anyone, even if you don't have um, tics or whatever, like, anyone needs a moment, I think, for mm-hmm. themselves. Yeah. Whether they need to, like, cry or be upset, I think that would be a space for, for anything. Yeah. Like, we're in a space right now that's kind of small, but having this in, like, a lib- or library or school mm-hmm. would be nice. Yeah. Um, so you said your tick started when you were 19, right? Yeah. And how old are you now? I'm 20, so it's only been like a year. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's brand new. It's, yeah, pretty new. Um, okay. But I did have like kind of like tick-like things in like middle school, um, which is confusing the whole like situation with figuring out what's going on because those were somewhat psychological based maybe but no one did enough assessment on me when I was a child in that state to give any concrete answers about it now oh okay so what was what were those tics like in middle school um so I had gone through a really traumatic experience and um as a result of like my PTSD I Mm. had um like, tactile hallucinations, do you know what those are? Mm-mm. So, um, like, if you, like, touch your hand, like, you can feel that, like, you can feel your finger on your skin. I'm, like, hallucinating, like, things, like, happening on my skin instead of visually. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, think about, like, a memory of, like, grabbing, like, your mom's hand or something as a kid, uh-huh. like, and, like, you can, like, feel that, you know? It's happening, like, right there on my skin. Like, there's something on my skin, but there's nothing there. Oh. Right? So I was reacting constantly to, like, try and get the stuff off my skin. But even though I knew there wasn't anything there. But, like, I was 12, and it was like, get this off of me, uh-huh. you know? And I couldn't stop. That's so interesting. It's called tactile hallucinations. Yes, tactile hallucinations. So it's when you feel things on your skin, like, like um... I remember whenever, like, I see a bug on my bed, and I freak out, and I brush it off. Even though I know it's not there, I still think something's crawling. It's like that. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, except it's, like, for me, and it was trauma-based, so they were, like, memories, Mm. you know? So I was reacting to them, and then, like, I don't know. There's there's a lot of weird psychological components that no one looked into when they were supposed to. 
Do you know why that is, or do you? I don't know. I think they just, like, I think I just, like, I brought it up when I was, like, 12, mm. and then, like, minimized it after that because no one was addressing it, and then eventually it went away. But, like, this is an entirely different experience from that. Like, this is just random, and that was, like, I can trace back psychologically in my brain what's happening to me. Does that make sense? It does make a lot of sense. So now, what are your symptoms now with your tics? With my tics, it's just, like, they're... I'm made, like, I'm saying really weird things. I used to say weird phrases that made no sense. Woohoo, woohoo. Um, like, I repeat things. I have a thing for cats right now. I've been saying a lot of stuff about cats. Um, and the motor tics are just, like, little, like, hand things for the most part, but the m- biggest problem is doors. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what about the doors? Like, like I just, it's, I... I don't know, like, I go to grab the handle, and then I continuously, like, grabbing the handle is the trigger for the ticks. Okay. So then the tick is to move my hand away from the handle. Mm-hmm. So as I go for the handle, I'm pushed away from the handle, and oh. I can't grab the handle. Oh. Right? And then um, I'm just kind of stuck there, and then I had one incident where this happened, and they had the... um the knob handles that are circle knobs instead of, like, uh, like a stick, right. you know, kind of knob. Yeah. Um, I really can't open that because in those moments because I can't smack it. Does that make sense? Like, yes, yes, because you can't, like, turn it to, like, you know, I Yeah, like, I need, like, a lot of grip to be able to grab it and turn it, and I don't have the ability to keep my hand on the door handle to do that i'm just moving my hand away i got trapped in a bathroom like at a hospital like two weeks ago and no one knew what was going on but i was so close to the psych floor that they thought it was like inpatient making noise not me trapped in a bathroom because <laughs> i also couldn't talk like it triggered enough issues that i was having with this door wow. that i literally couldn't tell someone I need to open the door. It was, I have verbal tics now. I can't even tell you. Okay. That is, wow. Because I'm just, like, I'm thinking in my head, like, what if she's going to jump in a fire and she can open a door? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it's like, know. you know, like, you didn't even think about these things unless I was you. I wouldn't think about it. So if you were to build your own house, you would have no door handles. Oh, man. I don't know. Like, I like doors. You know? <laughs> like, I do. But it's tempting not to have them. <laughs> um, I would probably have a push button and mm. then that would be easier but like they would always have the like handles that you like use leverage for mm. instead of twisting okay that'd be or you could do like a, a foot thing a foot yes oh the foot thing yes yeah, i love those when i'm having yes these, like amazing i right. totally forgot about those you could just press your foot and it just opens up yeah it's Okay, cool. Perfect. <laughs> that would be really cool. Um, if you were, like, an engineer, that would be a great thing to do. Mm, it would be a lot of money. Yeah. Just learn. Um, okay, so do you think there's any kind of... You weren't diagnosed right yet for... T- 
tics. I have a tic disorder diagnosis. Okay, so how did that go when you got diagnosed? What happened? Um, so, well, I had to, first I went to the ER. Um, that was a whole mess because they told me it was ADHD and I just went home and let it be with that. Um, but at the time I was like, like us being able to have this conversation right now, that wouldn't have been able to happen. I wasn't, it was like every waking moment, there was some kind of random noise coming out of my mouth. Mm. Like I can't, couldn't have an uninterrupted sentence. Um, and then after I think two weeks after that, um, I ended up in the psych ward. Mm. And then they were like, oh, this looks a little bit more serious than just ADHD, and then said, you have a tic disorder, you need to see a movement disorder specialist. And then um, at the moment, there's only like two in the department, no, two left. Last I heard, two movement disorder specialists left, and they're already understaffed on top of that. At OSU? At OSU, yeah. So oh. I have to go out of network, and I have OSU insurance. Oh. Yeah, so I'm looking for answers right now, but it's pretty hard. That's been Dang. about past, like, year. I didn't think about that. Only two, and they, like, and now... I don't know if... I can't remember if it was, if they only had two, or two of them left. Like, the number two was thrown out there when they were talking about how many they had. Wow. Yeah. Do you think about ever going to that field, like like in a neurology um, movement disorder field? Uh, yeah, about it? Disorder. <laughs> like working in that field, or I don't know. I just I feel like there's just there's so few of them. It's probably like a need, you yeah. know? Yeah, I mean, they mostly like specialize in like MS and like Parkinson's. Oh. Though. so like that's the kind of doctor that's like seeing me, and I would love to be helpful for other people with, like, tics, but, um, I'm, like, from what I've found, I've joined some, like, online tic communities, and, like, even them are, like, I don't know what they can do for me, like, mm -hmm. when I'm here, like, you, it's just really medication management. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow, I didn't, um, you know, it's kind of the same thing I feel with a lot of disorders, um, where there's so few people specializing in a specific one. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to go online on Facebook or Google and find, yeah. like, or Reddit to find people with similar symptoms as you. Mm -hmm. People are usually out there. Yeah. Same kind of stories. It's like, well, I didn't get diagnosed until I was older, and then there's no doctor specializing or having, or even having the opening to see me, and then they might have not insurance. So it's just this whole, like, list of things that, like, go on when you get older. Mm -hmm. I feel like when you're a kid, it's not as hard to get help yeah. but the older you get people are like oh well, you've, got, you've gotten this far like why do you all of a sudden need someone now and it's like because I do you know so that's a really thing that's a really good thing we touch based on um do you think there's any stigma around ticks at all boop, boop, boop. Yeah, boop, boop. yeah a little yeah because a lot of people there's an expectation that you cuss <laughs> that's so crazy yeah like everyone is just like who do you cuss it's just like i am the 20 percent that do yes i am like, come on like <laughs> can't be so the cool. only thing you have to ask me right 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 that's so um, crazy um or 
like they like I don't I have a lot of understanding people in my life but I know there's a lot of people that even have family members that are like you should have more control you mm. know and it's like I'm lucky that I don't have to deal with that but um well you're what you were touching on with like kids and disabilities mm. I did want to talk about something I've been seeing in these online communities um is the amount of people that have pretty like serious Tourette symptoms as children mm-hmm. but suffer medical neglect mm-hmm. so they don't get diagnosed because their parents don't believe them like it's literally like when you get ticks there is a like um, when they onset there is a pushback from almost anyone in your life that is like are you sure this is really happening or like is this real you're not faking it and then that happens to kids and then they get told that like their entire life and then they turn into like adults that have tics without diagnosis or medical documentation because their parents wouldn't do anything yeah because as, as a kid at my job um they're actually twins and they're probably the third grade both of them can't read mm-hmm. and it's because i'm not sure i'm not entirely sure but i do i feel like there's a chances because they might have some kind of mental disorder Mm -hmm. but their mom will get them diagnosed or to see anyone to even you know just see and look okay this could be why your child has problems reading because her mom thinks that like seeing a specialist or a doctor makes her kid less than yeah and it's like your child clearly needs some kind of help extra support Mm -hmm. and it's like it can't hurt them it can only like make things better or nothing at all but she's so reluctant in doing that because of these stigmas and i'm just like it's not fair Mm -mm. because like now i feel like the child won't ever feel like anyone supporting them especially as they get older and they have these similar problems especially in the adult world yeah i had a lot of friends like that like i had a lot of like onset of learning disabilities like as a kid and my mom like jumped right on that and got me help and then um as i got older and i watched the kids around me there were so many kids where i was just like like peers where i would just be like hey like i get accommodations and mm-hmm. i was like i think you need to talk to someone about getting accommodations like you need some help and then being like my parents say i'm fine you know or like even now talking to people that have graduated high school and then them talking about their experience and then being being like you needed to get evaluated and you needed accommodations and then like their brain like explodes because then they're like oh my god like i wasn't broken Mm -hmm. i needed help Mm -hmm. and it's constant always happening yeah and then like i kind of think it's a school's job too to step in and be like hey like having parent meetings but your kid needs this but i feel like a lot of teachers also not that i don't want to say they don't care but they probably have a lot on their plate than with like 25 kids in the classroom and then probably also not having the knowledge that of what things look like like this is how autism looks or can look this is how adhd can look and Various things that they some listen to showing symptoms, and I feel yeah. like teachers don't aren't aware because we aren't talking about these things more often than like we should, especially with younger kids because we think kids are just 
always active, always constantly bouncing off walls. Mm-hmm. When you have some kids who, yeah, are active, but they also may have ticks and they're not taking it like you said. So it's a lot of like layers to those. Um, so did you have any shame around your diagnosis with tick disorder or no? Um, I think maybe with like how was like like I in general like no but if I'm going to like if I was to go back and like be like I have like a tick disorder like show up at a high school reunion and be like that there would be like a lot of shame just because I wasn't like that in high school mm. and here I am showing up with like a whole new brand new issue and I was already like stereotypically someone that just had a lot of problems so <laughs> it was just like like, I can't, like, just add something else all on top of that. Like, that sucks. <laughs> I'm only laughing because I know what you mean. Like, high school, high school I had mine, like, this past, um, this past summer. I think it was our fifth year, which I think is, like, way too soon for us mm-hmm. reunions. I'm like, I'll, I'm do 10 years, but we had our fifth year. I didn't go. But I'm just, like, I didn't want to go because I feel like... Not that I'd be judged, but I had... Who I was in high school is not who I am today. Like, yeah. I did a whole 360. And I didn't have a bad experience in high school. But it's like I lost a lot of friends because of how much I had changed and grown mm-hmm. and made mistakes and things like that. But I think someone like you who does go back and, you you know, you're dealing with different stuff, they're going to be like, oh, wow, like, you changed a lot. <laughs> you know? like And especially, yeah. like, us being quote-unquote adults, it's mm-hmm. like, again, we have to have these adult you know, curtains on, mm-hmm. and then it just puts pressure on you to look and act a certain way. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. Um, so did you disclose your tick disorder to your friends, teachers at school, or people at work? And if you did, how'd that go? Um, so with friends, when it started happening, I decided to have some fun with that. Okay. So, like, my boyfriend knew the anxiety that was, like, happening, and, like, my cousin did, you know, but when it came to, like, my friend group, I was like, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> like, I'm just going to show up at your house, we're going to hang out, and um, me and my boyfriend are going to gaslight you for, like, five minutes and nothing's happening. Okay. And then tell you I need to go to the ER. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I just thought it was so funny that because they were like, what's happening to you? Like, shut up. Someone literally opened their bedroom door and told me to shut up. And then I was like, you're going to feel bad in, like, ten minutes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I thought it was, like, but I, I just thought it was funny. Like, uh-huh. I don't know why that was my general reaction to it. <laughs> like, I wouldn't go about it the same way, like, right now. But I was uh-huh. like, how are they going to react? Like, yeah. Um, and then when it comes to working, I don't disclose during a job interview. I try my best to hide it mm. if I can. Mm. Um, and then after the job interview, I think I wait until my first day of work. I walk in there and then I tell them um, my disorder and the accommodations that I need because it can hurt my chances of being hired. Really? You think so? <laughs> no, because... I just think that's so interesting because my, my I got a new job I'm working at this place downtown and my interview well from my interview I put actually in my like resume oh I have this so that way she just knew right off the bat like who she was going to be talking to in an interview yeah I didn't want to have I wanted to come in authentic and honestly mm-hmm. and I think if you for me personally like doing that made it so if they do hire me there's no expectations I'm gonna like be a certain way like they already know who a quote-unquote i am yeah. and i feel like if um they don't hire me because of 
splitties or whatever, then that wasn't the job for me. That makes sense? Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Like I like I would do that. At the time my resume was just really lacking and Mm. I was just really like desperate. Like as much as I wanted to be upfront about my disorder and their ability to accommodate me, I was just like legally they have to accommodate me if I pull up and tell them the situation. <laughs> like that's so true. Either way, they don't hire you anyway. So yeah, so it's just like I, I just needed a job so bad that I didn't want to deal with like sifting through like people. Like, does that make sense? No, it does. Yeah, I especially think resume is lacking. Then I completely understand. And there are people who you know, do go into jobs and they don't say anything at all about whatever they have and mm-hmm. they end up suffering in a way. So I think that you was closing it at some point is perfectly fine. Yeah, with the delivery driver job, that was especially important, though, just because of how many people questioned my ability to drive. I remember someone that I worked closely with, he was just an old man, so he was kind of clueless, didn't know I had tics despite seeing them daily. Mm-hmm. Like, and then... One, it took him a good few months until I, like, finally was like, do you know I have tics? And he was like, what? what? Mm. And I was like, Rob, I work with you every day. Like, Rob had no clue. <laughs> Rob was clueless. And then I told him, and he goes, well, how does that affect your ability to drive? And it's like, I drive a company car all day. <laughs> you literally watch me load that car and come and go from the store constantly. Right. But, like, you're asking me about my ability to drive? Right. So it's just like, no, I don't want them to think about that while they're hiring me because that just scares them. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fear thing, right? It's like they like I mean, people anything unknown, people are scared of. Instead of like having discussions about it, they rather just be like, I'm not gonna say anything about it and see what happens. But I just feel like discussions clear up all the confusion because people yeah. have these assumptions of what things look like or should look like, and it ends up leading to just more assumptions, and then like it leads really to nowhere. So. <laughs> I think that, yeah, jobs need a better job of having open and honest conversations about all disabilities, you know, mm-hmm. because they are so clueless. Yeah. And even, like, when you apply for a job, like, disability, like, the disability list is so short. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, they'd be like, what do you have? And I'd be like, it's not on here. So I'll write another because you don't put it on here. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to think of other questions I had for you. So, um... Do you, so how can society do a better job of creating environments that are easier for mental um, disabilities or any kind of dis- disability to adapt to, especially for ticks? Um, I think it's just being aware, mm-hmm. like, of the people around you. Like, for the most part, the world is okay for me to live in. Um, there's not a lot of adjustments that I need to make, but with my ticks, it's just, like, the most random things at random moments I might need some assistance Mm. and um all I can really do is wait it out or ask someone for help but like sometimes I can't even ask for help so I think just trying your best as like a bystander if you're able to yeah to provide that assistance and like it's gonna be confusing like I'll be honest like I'll be trying to tell you something, and you're going to be trying to follow what I'm saying, but, like, you don't know the accuracy. Right. So. Yeah. I think the key word there is patience. Is, yes, patience. Just a lot of patience. Just be willing to, like, just 
Yeah. Yeah. I think, especially for kids, like, patience, you know? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times we forget they're just kids, and then we lack that empathy or sympathy to, Mm -hmm. like, just wait. Because we're always in a rush on our phones or driving or computers or whatever that we forget, like, to just, like, sitting for a minute or two isn't going to kill you. Yeah. But our brains are always, like, on fire, like, go, 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 Mm -hmm. to the point that we forget, like, oh, this person's my attention. I have to just listen. It's like they just listen half the time. Yeah. Um, But... I really liked the conversation today. I had no idea. That, I mean, I knew text for a thing, but I didn't know. I thought that was not going to lie to you. I thought the ones that people would just cussed. That was yeah. my, like, yeah. stigma around that. So yeah. I apologize. Oh, you're fine. Um, <laughs> but I learned a lot today. Um, anything you want to say before we close off? Oh, no, I think I'm fine. Thank you. Okay. okay.